This is The Space Shot, episode 330 for April 9th, 2018. The Mercury 7. I'm John Molnix. Ladies and gentlemen, today we are introducing to you and to the world these seven men who have been selected to begin training for orbital space flight. These men, the nation's project Mercury astronauts, are here after a long and perhaps unprecedented series of evaluations which told our medical consultants and scientists of their superb adaptability to their coming flight. Which of these men will be first to orbit the Earth, I cannot tell you. He won't know himself until the day of the flight. The astronaut training program will last probably two years. During this time, our urgent goal is to subject these gentlemen to every stress, each unusual environment they will experience in that flight. Before the first flight, we will have developed our Mercury spaceship to the point where it will be as reliable as man can devise. We expect it to be as reliable as any experimental aircraft. It's my pleasure to introduce to you, and I consider it a very real honor, gentlemen. From your right, Malcolm S. Carpenter, Leroy, Leroy G. Cooper, John H. Glenn, Virgil I. Grissom, Walter M. Shira, Alan B. Shepard, Donald K. Slayton. These ladies and gentlemen are the nation's Mercury astronauts. On April 9, 1959, in a press conference in Washington, D.C., America's first seven astronauts were announced to the world. The selection process for Astronaut Group 1 started from 508 service records from all branches of the United States military. And from that group, quote, 110 men were found to meet the minimum standards. A grueling medical and psychological examination process whittled down the number of applicants, with NASA eventually settling on seven, instead of six, of 18 finalists. This clip is a bit longer, but I want all of you to hear from the astronauts themselves. Let's listen in and hear a little bit about each of them. Okay, my full name is Donald K. Slayton, and my hometown is Sparta, Wisconsin. And, uh... My age is 35, and uh, I'm in the Air Force. As far as my motivation is concerned, uh, I feel that this is the future of not only this country, but the world. Uh, we've gone about as far as we can uh, on this globe, and we have to start looking around a bit. And uh, it's just a natural expansion of flight, and uh, consider it in that light. It's merely a, an extension of flight. We have to go somewhere, and that's all that's left. And I uh, wasn't around when all the initial exploration was done in this country and around the world. And this is an excellent opportunity to be in on something new, the beginning of it. Alan B. Shepard from East Derry, New Hampshire. And I am also 35. I don't think there's any question 
that we are on the threshold of space travel. We have seen many evidences along that line. Project Mercury is just one part of the endeavor towards space travel. I quite personally am intensely interested in it and just delighted to have been given the opportunity to participate. My name is Walter Shirah, Walter M. Shirah, Jr. I originally came from Ordell, New Jersey. I think in my answer to uh, what is my motivation, I think it's typical of most of us in this country. We're interested in new things. Aviation has been a new thing. Uh, now it's a 50-year-old thing. I might add that talking to my mother just recently, asking her if she had any anxieties about this, I had an answer. My father was one of the very early aviators. His parents faced the same problem. So I feel this is an expansion in uh, another dimension, much as aviation was an expansion off the surface of the Earth. I'm Virgil I. Grissom from Mitchell, Indiana. Oh, my career... 33. <laughs> uh, my career has been uh, serving the nation, serving the country, and uh, here's another opportunity where they need my talents, and I'm most grateful for an opportunity to uh, serve in this capacity. I'm John Glenn. I'm the lonesome Marine on this outfit, and I'm uh, 37. Uh, in answer to this same question a few days ago from someone else, uh, I jokingly, uh, of course, said that uh, I got on this project because it'd probably be the nearest to heaven I'd ever get, and I wanted to make the most of it. But uh, my feelings are that this whole project with regard to, to space sort of stands with us now as, as, if you want to look at it one way, like the Wright brothers stood at Kitty Hawk about 50 years ago with Orville and Wilbur pitching a coin to see who was going to shove the other one off the hill down there. And I think that we're, we stand on the verge of something as big and as, as uh, expansive as that was 50 years ago. I also agree wholeheartedly with Gus here on, I, I think we are very fortunate that we have, should we say, been blessed with the talents that have been picked for something like this. And I think we'd be almost remiss in our duty if we didn't make full use of our talents. I, uh, every one of us would feel guilty, I think, if we didn't make the fullest use of our talents in volunteering for something that is as important as this is to our our country and the world in general right now. This can mean a, an awful lot to this country, of course. Thank you. I'm Leroy G. Cooper, Jr., Carbondale, Colorado, age 32. It's always a disadvantage to uh, have to speak last, of course, but I think the others have expressed it very well in that I think we're motivated by, I myself, I should say, and motivated by the fact that I am a career officer, a career pilot, and this is something new and very interesting to be in. Malcolm Scott Carpenter from Boulder, Colorado. I'm 33. I think we are all of a mind on this uh, motivation question. It's a chance to serve the country and uh, a very noble cause, and it certainly is a chance to uh, pioneer on a grand scale. I'm uh, very happy and proud to have uh, been given the opportunity. Thank you, gentlemen. And next question, Miss Craig, please. What element of the 
Six of the seven astronauts flew during Project Mercury, ranging from suborbital shots to orbital flights of increasing duration and complexity. Donald Deke Slayton was disqualified due to a heart condition, but he later flew into space on the Apollo-Soyuz test project mission. I've talked about some of the Mercury missions before. In episode 282, we orbited Earth with John Glenn. In episode 142, we heard about Wally Shiraz's Sigma-7 flight. And way back in episodes 1 and 2, we talked about Gordon Gordo Cooper and his Faith-7 flight. After the April 9, 1959 announcement of the Mercury 7, there is a period of work on preparing the Mercury capsule and launch vehicles for human flights. A series of uncrewed missions, plus the flights of monkeys, helped pave the way for human flights during the project. We are just a few years away from the 60th anniversary of the first crewed Mercury flight. Alan Shepard's flight with his Freedom 7 spacecraft was only 15 minutes and 28 seconds long, but it was a necessary first step. The cultural shift that we've seen in the past 60 years is striking. Just listen to this question. It's one of the many examples of how much has changed and was part of the Mercury Astronaut Announcement press conference that I'm linking to in the show notes. The question is, and the Tobacco Trust, please uh, close your ears, uh, that it is noticed that three of our seven young men are smoking. What will they be doing uh, when they get up in the capsule? Perhaps, Randy, you might tackle that one. I think they're pretty mature men, and we'll leave it up to them in large part. Of course, we have a few months for an indoctrination program. <laughs> uh, let's take a poll. How many of you gentlemen smoke? I'll have to qualify it myself. I quit two three and a half. <laughs> I quit once for three and a half days. It's not just a cultural shift either. We've seen an incredible technological transformation in the past half century as well. The men of Astronaut Group 1 flew on every type of orbital spacecraft that has been flown by NASA. These astronauts were the first Americans in space during Project Mercury. Later, during Gemini, some of them helped test procedures and technologies needed to go to the moon. One of them would even walk on the moon, Alan Shepard who was also the first American in space for Project Mercury. One of astronaut group one would even fly on the space shuttle Discovery, with John Glenn becoming the oldest person to fly in space up to this point. Glenn was also the first American to orbit Earth in February of 1962, and he was the last surviving member of astronaut group one when he passed away in December of 2016. The legacy of the Mercury 7 will live on, in part because of the nature of these first flights, and to the media sensation that ensued in the wake of their announcement. The very public NASA flights during the Cold War put these machines and astronauts in the spotlight on the national and international stage. Their iconic silvery spacesuits, smiles, and their accomplishments will live on into history, a testament to their spirit of exploration. Tomorrow, we catch up on some commercial space news and history. Since you're here, and I've got your ear, give me 30 seconds of your time. I'd be incredibly grateful if you could share the podcast with your friends and family. 
tag one of them and let them know about your favorite episode. I'd also really appreciate it if you could venture into the Apple Podcasts app or your podcast app of choice and leave a review for The Space Shot. A steady stream of reviews helps ensure The Space Shot is more visible in the Apple Podcasts app. As always, the show notes have more information on today's episode. You can hit me up on Instagram and Twitter. Find me at John Molnix. I'm always up to chat. You can also connect with me on Facebook. Just search The Space Shot or check out the links in the show notes and you'll find me. I'm John Molnix, and I'll catch you on the flip side.